Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And here we are after a uh, about a month off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um we 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 did we did plan to do some things during December, but let's be honest, we had a bit of a crazy uh a couple of months. Um yeah. November kind of knocked us off because Robbie had uh, his wedding. Yeah. And his honeymoon and COVID. <laughs> yeah, all in one. Yeah. Well, I didn't my my, my honeymoon was uh COVID. In my yeah, in my parents my parents in law's uh <laughs> one of the rooms sick with COVID. Contrary to, you know, popular belief, we that was part of the delay. It was not that we were found on the Epstein lodge. You know, we have not gone into hiding <laughs> for nefarious reasons. We just the timing was just bad, man. You know, yeah. his partner um, just bought him the world's weirdest escape room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fun wedding present. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a hot minute since we've we've done an episode. Um, yeah, we just had a lot going on. Christmas is also a a busy time, and now we have uh, flooding within our area yes. of Gloucester, which has also <laughs> prevented us from deciding to come together in the same place. Yes. <laughs> Mostly in my area. I mean, I went out last. Yeah, yeah, night. I'm fine. I'm, I'm knee, not near knee water. high water. Yeah, I was <laughs> knee high, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy well. amounts of water. So we're both here in our pajamas, online from home. I'm in bed like one of the grandparents from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. Um, um, so yeah, we are here for the. Um, we're gonna review a little bit of the best of 2023 for us. Uh, this is films that we have either, uh, well, it's films we've watched for the first time. We haven't shoehorned ourselves to just like brand new films of 2023. Yeah. Um, we wanted to talk about any film that we saw for the first time because there are some, I think, classics that we saw or some new ones that were just, you know we just loved as well so we want to have a little time to reflect on that before we move into 2024 um well i mean as always you know if you've enjoyed the show um remember to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review gotta get that cheap plug in there straight off um so what do you want to start with first man so well let's go well do you uh, do you want to talk about one of your what was one of yeah. your your best your favorites of 2023? Yeah, so I I actually did uh, separate it into a couple of categories. So okay. I did do uh, two that I particularly watched uh, this year in UK cinemas, or you know that were released in the UK this year that yeah. I did really enjoy. Um, there were there were so many films that were out this year, like you know Thanksgiving, um, Godzilla minus one. There was a whole bunch of other stuff that I didn't get around to watching because yeah. from you know from June onwards, May, the wedding planning really kind of came into it, and I, there was just not much time to go to the cinema, you know. Um, but one of the films that I did watch and really enjoyed was Talk to Me. Um, so yeah. I, I believe it was released in America last year or Australia last year, um, but we got it this year, so I am including it in my best of 2023. Um, and it's a really interesting kind of Aussie thriller with this quite unique kind of storyline where they find this kind of weird like porcelain hand that they can use to effectively like be possessed 
momentarily by by the dead and then it's about you know this woman who's uh whose mum had passed away and it's about how she kind of uses it to try and talk to her uh but she doesn't close it off properly so the you know the barrier between dead and you know uh the living gets thinner and they can swap over and it was a really fun shot and really interesting story. It didn't. It wasn't like you know a re, an exceedingly long film, so it was it was you know quite an open and shut one. Um, it had some really creepy moments. Um, I, I've spoke about this on the podcast, but oftentimes when it talks about like eternal damnation and like afterlife and stuff like that, it really yeah. fucking terrifies me. And there were some shots in this that really got to me. Um, I did think it was a, a bit let down by kind of a, a predictable ending, but I don't think that's, you know, not always a bad thing when it comes to films. Uh, they are going to be doing a sequel. Uh, I believe the same team are behind it. I'm, I'll go into that with a bit of trepidation, to be honest, you know, because this hits me as that kind of film where it's like we'll make one of them and it'll be really yeah. good and then when you try and get a sequel out of it it's, you know it, it might not have the legs to stand up on it you should know? be a, a one and done um th- yeah. this was actually this was on my list as well oh so okay I'll jump in a little bit with the uh the the one and done i definitely agree with um there are some horror films i just think they just don't need to keep being ran off and run out you know what i mean like um yeah in my head, I kind of related it a bit like something like the Babadook, where I'm like, the Babadook, yeah. fantastic, because it worked, because you didn't know where it was going, you didn't quite know in the teases of the monster, but once you kind of push away from that, it start it will just start to feel very samey, very, yeah. you know, I, I don't quite know with certain horror films where you can go, and normally when they don't have somewhere to go, they really most of the time just screw it on a sequel, or they, yeah. they ruin the lore of the whole story by overcomplicating it and it just affects even the original film sometimes yeah no uh, i agree but no i was really surprised by this i'm I'm not big supernatural horror fan so you know some of them i think are really good but um uh, this one surprised me the, the the short running time i think really helped keep it pacey yeah um, you got what you needed to know about the characters you know what i mean they are mainly like kind of teens you kind of have your different kind of assumptions of different teen characters but not in a not in a vague like they're not um stereotypical characters um they have some interesting parts to each of them but it's not quite the point of it it's what they see on the other side which kind of yeah it is the way it's slowly teased out throughout the film and so when you get to those moments when they actually go into the other realm they are properly scary. It is one yeah. of the few films I think I watched this year where I can say that was actually scary. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, for anyone, even proper horror fans, I think there were some truly chilling parts in that film. Um, no, that, uh, yeah, Talk To Me was definitely, um, I think, one of the surprising better ones, being a, I think it's an A24, but it was a bought by A24. Yeah. So separately, independently, and then they bought it in kind of thing. Um, but no, it, it, that was really strong. I, did, did you? Sorry, did you have anything else you want to say about talk to me? <laughs> no, uh, no, that, that's that was me. Don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> uh, did you see that one in the cinema, or was that? At yeah, home? yeah, that was a cinema watch. Um, okay, that probably yeah. would have been good. I, I saw it at home. I saw it on old Netflix. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was it was a it was a dead cinema as well. It was a really quiet cinema. Um, but it, it made it was a real good experience. I know. I also went in 
knowing nothing. It was a very, I mean, I, I don't often watch the trailers anyway, but this was a film where I just saw, oh, it's a horror film. Yeah, let's book it. I've heard people online say it's good. And then I was watching it and I didn't even know it was about, you know, communicating with the dead or anything like that. So it was a real going blind film. And it, yeah, it yeah. kind of made it better for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I haven't, uh, with my little one-year-old, I have not actually made it to the cinema very much at all this year. I think the only times, most of the times, I've been with you to see <laughs> a horror film. Apart from yeah. that, I have not. So anything we didn't see together as a horror <laughs> film, I, I didn't see in the cinema. Um, I'll, I'll go on to, to my, uh, one of my best of 20, um, and one of my uh, favorites now, um, I'm going for a TV series and that is the fall of the house of Usher. Oh, nice. Mike Flanagan. Um, I don't know if you've got around to watching that one yet. Um, No, no, but, um, it was, um, I, I, I've loved Mike Flanagan's other work anyway. Um, I think I've seen everything, but the, um, Oh, I can't. I've suddenly blanked on what it is. The the ones about the teenagers in the house. Uh, that are yeah, I, and then I can't remember I what it's one. called now. Um, but whatever it, it is, um, midnight club or something. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Uh, but that wasn't like directly his in the same way. Uh, but I've loved all of his other stuff, um, and I love a bit of Edgar Allan Poe. So I was very yeah. interested to see how it adapted it, and he takes a whole range of different stories, not just the story of the fall of the house of Asher, because that's only a short story and he melds it into this modern world, but he really seems to have an understanding when it comes to writers of like just interpreting, interpreting their work, but also making it his own or blending it with other things like yeah. he has with say like Dr. Sleep. I thought he perfectly blended Kubrick's vision with King's vision to make yeah, it really definitely. true shining. If you see what I mean, yeah. when, because there are certain parts I love about Kubrick Shining that is not quite, you know, true to the books. And then there are things that King did better and he somehow melded both of those together. It's like he just got it. He yeah, he's a very it. smart filmmaker, isn't he? Um, and Great Fall of the House of Usher is the same. It's this weird blend of like modern kind of family, uh, patriarchal kind of like they're kind of always fighting against each other over money and stuff like that. But it's blended with this weird, I don't want to say final destination or uh, omen okay. style in the way that the deaths and things like that occur within the show and the way that it all plays out. Um, blended with this really interesting, like look back at how did, uh, how did the ushers come to be what they are kind of thing. And, and it's yeah. a really interesting, but it has some truly horrific moments in it. Like some truly bits that don't like, don't turn away they just fully go in for it truly psychological parts to it that are really terrifying and scary but the other thing is it's just an entertaining watch it it wasn't i didn't find it boring it has it does have quite a lot of speeches long kind of of course known for that he's a bit known for his kind of uh you know going on and on he he almost does like a soliloquy in every like part of an episode um you know and it, it does have some bits for some people that might make them a little bit turned off because there is a little bit of maybe what some people might see is a bit preachy at times about the world yeah. and the con communism and stuff like that kind of the economy yeah. uh but generally it's i found it to be an engaging and just terror and i i do think it's possibly what hit one of his best if not my favorite of his series oh. by the end yeah so I, I just truly found it interesting and that is 
is because also because he's fantastic with characters. Some characters you only get a short time with, and yet you truly learn to both love and loathe them at the same time. But no character's completely like hateable, and a lot of these characters yeah. could have easily been just like I fucking like. Why am I watching an episode on this character? They're just a dick. But they he finds a way to make you kind of get them, even if it's by the end of their final moment. You're like. That person was shit, and yet they didn't deserve that at the same time. Yeah. Except for one character. He deserved exactly what he gets. <laughs> I, I I'll let you watch. It. I'm not spoiling yeah. anything. I'm just... Uh... It was released shortly before the wedding, like before we yeah. went over. So we downloaded some for the flight, and I was like, I don't want to watch this on the plane. And yeah. then there was no time when we were there. And it's it's just one of those things that we just haven't got around to watching yet, you know? No. We're just watching too too many like <laughs> Harlan Coburn things which are which are just like twist after twist. Oh yes, like, yeah. Not very <laughs> well. Harlan Coburn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not my uh, they're not Charlotte just tried to get me to what I think there's a new one called Fool Me Once or something like that. Finished Char- it last night. Okay, Charlotte. Charlotte wanted. Charlotte was like, "Oh, this one looks really good." She hasn't shown any interest in the other ones, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't know." The, the, when I look at the trailers, I just in my head in in the UK we have Channel Five, which a drama, right? yeah, and that's what I think Channel. of. It's like cheap twist after twist, not always making a lot of sense, and then it's kind. Of, I don't yeah. know. I just don't like that style of drama. I it, can't get it's into a it. bit. Yeah, it is a bit Channel Five, um, but <laughs> it has handsome Carl Frotchett. So it's just like <laughs> we, we see handsome Carl Frotch, we're like, we know what kind of like thing this is. It's yeah. easy to watch, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, get um, <laughs> I There was a, a film that was, I, I think it was released also in, in uh, maybe 2022, but we got it 2023, or at the very least, it was a staggered release. Uh, and we were originally going to cover it for the podcast, but we didn't. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter. That was another Oh, film. yeah. I watched it. I really quite oh, I forgot. We uh, watched that. We we, we yeah. watched it. We planned for the episode and then it never had time to do it. We never or it got pushed it. off. Yeah, we, we yeah. backloaded episodes and then we were like, we haven't got anywhere to fit Demeter, which is yeah. funny because anyone anyone who does follow our podcast is like, well, you had space in December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rip, rip to our listeners, man. The, <laughs> the last few that have str- str- stuck around, they're hanging um, on by Fred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it was a, it was just a fun little like nautical creature feature, you know. Um, and it was, it was based on that chapter from from Dracula where he is sailing over, um, and it's the you know the captain of the Demeter's log. Um, yeah. I know that we, you know, we have a, a back and forth, and it is the is the the judgment day of uh, you know cast me to hell will be when we cover Francis Ford Capella's Dracula, um, <laughs> and in that film they cover you know the the Demeter voyage in like you know a, a shot or a little montage like a rocky montage of him killing people. Um, so it was interesting to see a film just about that. It might have been a little bit on the long side at times. Um, but you had really good performances from Liam Cunningworth and Dave Dushman and uh, another actor, but I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, and it was just, uh, it was quite atmospheric. You know, you had a lot of fog and you, ha- you had a lot of like quiet nighttime shots. It also featured, you know, some, some quite fun kills. Dracula's design was really interesting. It was kind of cool to see him more as this like, 
almost like a weak kind of feeble weird monster as opposed to this like really dashing handsome gary oldman suave bella lugusi kind of vibe yeah he looked like a proper monster didn't he he actually looked like uh some kind of weird bat creature kind of thing yeah. he didn't look like a suave man or a, a gorgeous yeah. kind of or whatever gorgeous gary punk. oldman was yeah a sexual <laughs> man. Um, and it's it was it was cool to see that um the cgi went between being like a bit schlocky and being quite cool and the practical effects of of the the kind of winged dracula was awesome um it really reminded me of those like kind of mid-budget horror films you got in the 90s and early 2000s that you don't seem to get as much these days, you know? Um, it's, it didn't have the vibe of something being straight to video, but it did feel like something that would be, like, put out by, like, Miramax in the 90s. Yeah, know, yeah, like a Dracula 2000 or something like yes, that. Like that. <laughs> yeah, like a <laughs> mid-budget kind of film. And it was good, yeah. it was enjoyable, man. Um, it was one that I wanted to watch in the cinema, but yet again, things just fell through and i think it was only in the cinema for like a weekend um well it got yeah it got properly pushed off didn't it it got yeah it did get delayed by quite a bit and then they just couldn't find anywhere for it and i think it lost its international backing in fact at one point i think yeah yeah it had a real a real trouble so it kind of just all fell apart for the film sadly yeah i think um, it bombed quite bad unfortunately yeah yeah it did. Um, i think that didn't help i think it probably didn't get a lot of help or uh, public, you know, uh, kind oh, of production any or problem. any barely advertising any. or anything. Uh, barely anything, man. Yeah, no, it it was it was a strong film. I think the only thing, as you said, is it fell apart a little bit because it, it went on a little for a film that you're stretching out a story. It felt like they let it run on a little bit longer than it needed to. Yeah. It, have a, it had a, like a setup for a kind of sequel, obviously, where it's like hunting down, continuing to be. As if, as if, as if he is the Van Helsing or something like that. Of the, yeah, the creatures created. Um, yeah, I, I thought I, that I, ending was awesome as well. That's yeah. one thing that I really, that really made me smile was the ending because I just thought of it made me feel like they they nailed this kind of like sadistic side to Dracula where he's just taunting this guy. You know, yeah. So I really like that ending. Uh, yeah, I think the only thing that led out at times is once the monster was fully revealed, when you went away from the... There was some practical, but there was a lot where they'd created him out of CGI. Yeah. That was the only thing that let it down at times is when you were like, this is clearly just a CGI cr- creature. And I don't know, there's a circle about that that takes you out of it. It just makes you sometimes go, oh, yeah. it's not like... It's not as scary when he's like that. When he doesn't look at all like real anymore, it starts to yeah. be like, I don't really fear him anymore. But yeah, it has no, some good jump scares, and it's it is quite a kind of slow burn of a, yeah, of a film. The the kills Rising. and stuff are quite slow as well. They're quite it's brutal. like a two hour long time, I think. Two hour run time, you know, yeah. or something <laughs> close to two hours. Like, two hour, two hour long, long time. time. It'd be long time. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. Uh, my brain has just been corrupted. Um, <laughs> any other of that were just released in twenty twenty three for you? Um. I've got a knock, a knock at the cabin. Okay, like Shyamalan, Shyamalamalam. Yeah, Shyamalan, <laughs> the man Shyamalan. himself. Um, yeah, uh, with Dave Bautista um, in, in in a role and um, good old Rupert Grint. <laughs> yeah, the great. Oh yeah, I did realize Rupert Grint was in it. Chris. Yeah, he is in it as uh, one of the kind of 
disciples of the world or whatever it is. Um, it, it's a it's one with with M Night. It's always a question of is this going to be a interesting good character study one or is this going to be some bullshit preachy about the the way the world is going and you've completely yeah it up? you and know the plants am that. i getting a sixth sense or am i getting a the happening which yeah. one am i getting here you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like, it felt it's gonna bullshit but this one mainly is all takes place within like one kind of cabin it is all mainly uh, like it is pretty much the whole film is in there Apart from that, the only outside stuff you get is mainly on a TV screen where they're showing it. And it is a properly investing kind of slow build of a film where you're like, are these mad people that are holding these yeah. people captured? It's 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 um, two men and their adopted daughter in a cabin. And basically they're told that they need to decide the fate of the world. If they do something, then if they basically do this act, then they will save the world is what they're saying. Yeah. They will stop the apocalypse is basically what they're trying to imply. And the whole thing is, are these mad people or are they actually the truth? Are they actual some kind of disciples or are they not? Yeah. You know, as it gets weirder and, you know, uh, things start to happen to the disciples again, I don't want to really spoil it because I try to, yeah, try I to encourage people to go and watch these films if they haven't seen them. Um, and we, you know, if you get around to watching it, we never know which films we might end up covering one day. So I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, um, Batista, again, showing that he's actually quite probably the strongest of the wrestling actors that, that we have about yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> from his recent work. <laughs> Um, showing he can do more than just be Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah. And I don't know, it's just, it, 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 I just was, I was just interested the whole film. It, it, it drew me in. I was, I wanted to know what was going to happen. I, I wanted to know if these people were real or are they fakes or why are they doing this? What's led them to do this? And you get little backstories of each of them of, of to why or how they came to be in this place. Yeah. Um, again, one of the only parts that goes away for a moment, but it is really interesting where it leads. And, you know, it has a, a, a couple of like odd, like horrific scenes in it. Um, so it is, it is very much on that borderline of thriller horror kind of thing. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, I, I was I was truly invested, and I didn't expect to be, to be honest, because he is a mixed bag as a as a director. Yeah. Um, but his recent ones have been a little bit stronger than he he did in the mid to late two thousands <laughs> when he was a bit more uh, f- kind of fucking. Yeah, even way off, didn't he? Yeah, but no, um, that was that was my uh, one of my best and most surprising of that, and I don't really want to talk because we talked on the podcast. The only other one I was kind of going to slide in there was that. I, I still believe that Exorcist Believer was not a truly bad film. <laughs> yeah, defend it. You I know, don't think it. We, we defended it a lot in our uh, episode. Um, and yes, it is controversial. And we we also, we both rewatched The Exorcist after fuck knows yeah. how long this year. And you should check those episodes out. Um, we both agreed that the original Exorcist is an outstanding film. And pretty much no sequel could ever live up to anything like that film because it was a, a one-off in its own way. Yeah, um, it, it shouldn't have had any sequels. But if you take it away from that film, Exorcist Believer is still the strongest sequel I've ever seen of The Exorcist. <laughs> and it, mainly it was an interesting film in its own right without being an Exorcist sequel. So yes, maybe it should have just not been called The Exorcist. But still, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it worked. I still stand by that that was... Um, Maybe should have been, you know, um, you know, 
it wasn't a perfect film, but it felt like it had some kind of a bigger message on it mind and not perfect. But to me also, it was one of the best supernatural horrors I'd seen in a long time. Alongside Talk to Me, which both of those are two that I've seen, which I feel like has been a while since I've seen one that I really truly liked, <laughs> supernatural wise. Yeah, I think there, I mean there was there was cobwebs which came out, but I missed that. Um, there was yeah, like loads of stuff yeah, about cobwebs. I had mixed stuff about it, um, but there was there was quite a lot of films that came out this year that I just didn't get around to watching. Um, there, there was one called um, uh, what was it called? Uh, totally Killer, which I thought was fun, but then there was like um, there was one The Outwaters that I missed. Uh, Thanksgiving, obviously, that we we were really excited we for. We were disappointed to watch. I still haven't watched it, but uh, I do. I really want to watch it. <laughs> we, yeah, uh, Malignant as well. Oh no, that was one. That was a. Uh, that's a Great spoiler too. for later. I keep getting it. <laughs> I keep getting that name for some reason confused with Skinnerink. Um, oh yeah, why? Because um, that that was one that I heard mixed things about and wanted to watch and Megan as well I, I still haven't watched Megan you know that came out earlier in the year yeah it was alright <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't that big of a fan I, I watched the I think I, I think I watched the unrated version too and I still thought eh. <laughs> yeah okay. it was fun it was well, it what, was fun but that's about it um what about you, uh, uh what about first, yeah what about favorite first watches for the podcast um so I'm gonna go with um, New York Ripper. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, not that it was. This isn't saying I like thought it was a perfect, amazing film. Uh, but Lucio Fulci, we, we've had a little bit of a. We've had quite an Italian year. We we've, have we've covered quite a few. We've covered Suspiria, New York Ripper. Uh, we covered Burial Ground recently, um, and. St- so a little hint for the next episode. We have Cannibal Holocaust and Never. Yeah. <laughs> Italian-based <laughs> horror. Uh, we've been getting into those kind of Italian horrors quite a bit. And at, before this year, I feel like I'd never really watched many <laughs> And um, now you've got the bug, man. Yeah, got a bit of a bug for them. Because it's once... And you do have to get used to them. And New York Ripper was one of the earlier ones I'd watched. And this one will test you in terms of how much. <laughs> because one, there's the dubbing factor. The old... Uh, yes. Giallo, of course, being a style within it is that kind of dubbing style, and you've got to get used to it. Um, it's so weird and hilarious, New York Ripper, in both good ways and maybe bad ways. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a very, um, very weird film. Yeah, it's provocative and it's violent. Um, and yeah, it's not, a, I'm not saying it's a great film, but it's an interesting film. Um, it, it's, it's got, you know, it's got horror. Um, it's got nudity, if that's part of your horror <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's um, people. In weird ways as well. It's very odd. And it also has off. a man who sounds like a duck when he's the murderer. Yeah. It's <laughs> a some, weird film. Yeah. Some talk about consumerism or <laughs> throwing it in Disney's face for Donald Duck. I don't know. But, yeah, it's, um, a weird thing. it's a weird design choice. But no... Um, we talked about it in an episode, which you can find by <laughs> going to yeah. any good streaming site. If they don't have us, they're shit. <laughs> yeah, um, they're, they're <laughs> but yeah, I I really found it interesting. Uh, the kills and but uh, as I said, right from the beginning, you will find uh, like there's a weird like a guy that finds a dead body and straight away you've got weird like the the dialogue is like what the fuck did you just say yeah, like, yeah what is going weird. on here 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to go on about it, but go and look at the episode. It, it's an interesting watch, and I, I found it fun. Um, and I think I enjoyed all of the Italian horrors we've watched this year. So, so go and yeah, check they- those out. On to you, uh, Bobby. What's one of your first time watches? Um, so this was uh, The Omen. I, mean, I think I remember mentioning ah. this was the first time I'd seen the actual whole film itself. Um, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I'd watched the remake, but and I'd seen bits of the original Omen, but I'd never actually watched it. Um, and re-watching it or watching it fully for the first time last year, for the for the you know musty horror episode was just it was just an incredible viewing experience it was mm. terrifying it was incredibly well shot the soundtrack was was mind-blowing it was it was an amazing film um and it was yeah it was it was after watching it it was real hard to get it out of my head and i was li- i've been listening to the theme like so much. I don't know why. It's got an amazing score. The f- the, yeah, the film in general is an amazing score. But yeah, yeah. Uh, like well, I said, yeah. I won't go into too much depth because we did release an episode on it. Um, but uh, yeah, after watching it, it's, it's hard to be convinced about you know other films being like top ten horrors for me. You know, I was watching it and I was like, I think of the must see horrors we've watched. That's probably the best one. You know. Yeah. And it's the best, it's it just sinks into my brain as being like one of the best horror movies of all time, you know? Yeah, I think um talking like the omen and also previously I mentioned the Exorcist, I do think the think about those two specific horror films that they are both made in such a well made it's it's it it's a director making it like they are making a truly great film and not yeah and there are some directors that make films but they're like i'm making a horror film but in this case they were just making you know what you feel like a, a godfather or a yeah you know a classic hot a classic film regardless they, they are ones that define go beyond it you know what i mean if you're yeah. like 100 greatest films of all time not even things i think the omen and the exorcist deserve to be on those lists yeah because they're just the they have everything that makes a film great you know great writing great direction great you know visuals amazing score and yeah and then you have the added bonus of you know the the foreboding the the creepiness the this this you know the themes and the stakes that are there it was just an incredible film and it was such a good watch and with the omens the deaths i just love that kind of death yeah the preamble of the I love any ones where it's like the the four shadows of the death yeah. kind of thing. Um you know that's the fun of like something like Final Destination, but this was the original of that. This was the original yeah. like this is how we do it. When it's the devil doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we've yeah. got the we've got a prequel coming out this year. Which oh yes we do. We will hopefully get round to watching and actually try and fit it in schedule it. I mean I, I originally I heard about uh, the you know the first omen and I thought I don't know if we necessarily need that. Um, yeah. However, this might get us shot down as well. But after the Exorcist Believer and you know seeing that that was actually pretty well done in our opinion, I'm kind of thinking okay maybe I maybe I can vibe with it. I already think I know it's probably going to happen because I've watched the omen. But yeah, yeah. I'll I'll see. I'll join. I'll join the ride. I've, I've found myself enjoying religious horror more. You know. <laughs> 
Hopefully. I think um, it, it's a hard one to do, and it they can be done well, and yeah. they can be done really poorly. I know there's trailers out there, but I've completely avoided any of the trailer for it. So I'm just going to go in with my own mind because I don't want yeah, to watch it. Yeah, Because <laughs> it will just it will just give away everything. Um, yeah. The 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 only other one I was going to mention, I'll just sneak it in, but we did an episode on it, so we don't need to because I haven't really put many notes about it. Is uh, I really liked Killer Clown from Out of Space. Okay. <laughs> Never watched it before. Um, we had a we had a battle on this one where like, you didn't put it into your must see, whereas yeah. I think it deserves because it's so different. Um, it's so fun. You have people being turned into giant balls of candy floss. <laughs> yeah, it is a fun in candy floss. Um, I just generally, uh, but then I've always loved the little manic, you know, uh, stuff like gremlins, creatures, yeah, or the weird char, like the off charm of like a leprechaun film or something like that. I kind of like those kind of tongue in their cheek, and this is like a mega tongue in cheek. <laughs> Doesn't yes. all make sense. It looks weird at times, but it, <laughs> I just, I just was, en- I enjoyed the whole film nonstop. Go and check out the episode if you want to hear more on that one. Um, right. We we said we're just gonna quickly kind of jump across, but disappointments of twenty twenty three, whether they're first watches or in the cinema, what disappointments were on your kind of lists? I mean, I, we mentioned uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, but I wasn't really going in with high expectations of that. Um, so I actually only had uh, one film that I would consider disappointing. And we watched it for the podcast, and that was Cujo. Um, yeah, I, I watched Cujo. it. I thought it was kind of kind of boring and kind of a drag. Um, and I don't really have... So we, we did an episode... Yeah, it felt off. We did an episode about it, so I'm not yeah. going to you know, go into massive swaths of detail. You can but... tell in the episode that we were kind of struggling with that one because it just was... It was a weird mash of like a family drama, yeah. unlikable characters, and then scenes that weren't really that scary that felt like they were just ripping off better shots of films like Vertigo or Psycho, like trying to make yeah. it into the dog. And it, it generally just like, didn't work. It felt like imagine if like they in like the early two thousands they did like one of those late night EastEnders specials and like yeah. and Dean Gaffney's dog Wellard had just gone mental you know that's what it was kind of like like yeah. there was just massive amounts of like unnecessary drama about some dude's wife having an affair and the dog is just just looking for a scrap you know was, and then they just somehow <laughs> get trapped in a car and it's like uh, do i need to watch this for an hour and 45 minutes <laughs> you yeah. know like absolutely no. I think with, film, maybe. if I generally, I've got to be honest, like, not well, yeah, they they were disappointments. I think generally, I've got to be honest, a lot of the ones we saw in the cinema this year, actually, I think were quite disappointment. Okay, fair um, enough. Scream 6 was a highlight, a good one, you know. Yeah. Um, we enjoyed X's thing, but Saw X, good, okay, first two acts, terrible final act. Oh, yeah, awful. Um Five Nights of Freddy, disappointment uh, for me, but again, I wasn't expecting that much like you. No, all no. Evil Dead Rise. It's it's a good film, but I couldn't say that I wasn't disappointed in some. There was just it just didn't quite live up to it for me, and I because that one looked really good for me in the trailers, but it just didn't quite live up to it for me. I don't yeah, know yeah. Know, I'm, I not, I'm not saying it's a bad film. I'm just saying it was slightly for me a disappointment. And you said one that you thought was fun before, Totally Killer. I yeah, did, I really didn't vibe with it at all. Really? I, I thought I'd find it fun, but I just thought 
no, it just didn't work for me. After kind of a, a fun opening and a very kind of violent scream like kind of opening, yeah. once she goes back in time, it just kind of I thought it just fell apart a bit. Fair enough. Um, anyway, so those are some of the little disappointment parts. Just looking quickly to the new year, is there anything that you're kind of looking forward to in 2024? I mean, the 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 one that is obvious, uh, if anybody's listened to the episode, is uh, Maxine. I fucking love Dex. I yeah. can't. I'm. I still haven't got around to watching Pearl, but I can't wait. I'm and telling Maxine's you, and waiting for you to do that. <laughs> but we will do. In... We will do Pearl before Maxine. Yeah, let's do Pearl in the next couple of weeks because um, I fucking love Dex. Yeah, and Pearl looked awesome. And um, so Maxine's got to be great. Um, Nosferatu with uh, Robert Eggers looked yeah. good. And then I don't know whether it's actually ever going to be released, but I finished the book um, just before uh, the wedding of that Salem slot. I'd like yeah. to see that. Um, yourself? Yeah, I mean, you've hit most of my big ones there. Like, I'm very excited about Maxine. That is probably one of my top of alongside uh, Nosferatu, which is being released on Christmas Day this year. <laughs> so we've got a long right. wait for that one. But um, that one's got an amazing cast as well. Um, but it's weird because a lot of them aren't dated yet. Maxine isn't dated yet. Yeah. Um, and also um, Toxic Avenger remake with Peter yeah. Dinklage. I'm really excited. And we also have a new Alien by uh, Fede Alvarez or Ede. Or we've we've talked about that in the past. How we yeah we have that name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, there's lots of exciting stuff coming up in 2024. So I hope that you will stick with us. Um, I'll give it over to you, Rob, because I think we should wrap up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as always, it's good to be back. The boys are back in town. Uh, please remember to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a lovely review. Put in your review. I can't believe the boys are back in town at last. Um, and join us next week as we take a trip to the Amazon for the video nasty cannibal Holocaust. See you then. Um, we probably will get gobbled alive. Goodbye.